The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. I'm just so confused, but that's okay. So am I. And we're live. Live from Villeneuve, in fact. It is episode 545 of In Lieu of Fun, and the first episode ever in which we have do- we are going to do a uh, focus group involving a fictitious population. Um, uh, this is the crossover episode of the French Village podcast, which has just ended, and the focus group with Sarah Longwell where she does focus groups with interesting people. So in this case, our, our interesting people are people who've watched the French Village podcast, like Richard Wattenbarger, Good Boy Noah, and Ducks with Pants. Uh, and uh, we are going to rotate and other me. people. And me. And Kate. Uh, Not all Kate, of it. I stopped when it got, you know. You stopped when, 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 <laughs> when there was like too much upsetting Gustav stuff going on. Sorry. Um, and at it some was, point, actually, I didn't. I restarted after that, and I then like it got actually upsetting. Like not in like a upset about rabbits, but like got much more existential dready. And so then I just stopped. Totally. Yeah. And so at some point we are going to um, uh, rotate other people in. And yes, for those in the audience who are crying out for the presence of Eve Goumont, uh, our, our, our esteemed uh, French name pronunciation coach, um, uh, she will, uh, I'm sure, have much to say about Lucienne. Um, and as to Sarah's question, which is, uh, what's the concept here? I really don't know. Um, we've got audience. We've got the French village. We've got uh, uh, mischief to be made. And I've got a really fine bottle of bourbon that was given to me Saturday evening by one John Bordeaux. Uh, so um, let's get started. Before we do, uh, why don't each of you tell us um, whether you have watched the show um, uh, listened to the podcast or both? Uh, I, I watched the whole thing. I listened to the, all the podcasts. And so it's all in the bag. All right. How about you, good boy, Noah? I watched the show. I listened to the podcast. I set my calendar for every Friday to listen to the podcast. It was really, it was really great. So I've, I've done it all. And ducks with pants, you uh, are. Um, what's what's your level of engagement? I've I've watched the show. Um, I sped through it and binged on it, and got way far ahead of you at times. But I was a dedicated podcast listener, and I'm sad that it is over. All That's right, my teasing of Sarah. Yes, well, Sarah <laughs> is now free to. Uh, uh, she is now a. Uh, you know, on to her uh, super high-profile focus group, which, of course, this audit, this will go on the focus group podcast feed. 
um, that's just going to happen to to really confuse the focus group listeners. Yeah, well, I am actually I'm I'm taking a this 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 podcast, the French Village podcast, is now over. I'm on hiatus from uh, my focus group podcast until next season, uh, which is genuinely going to be a season, unlike the fake seasons we had on the French Village podcast, uh, and it'll start again in January. Um, so, but I, so, okay, so I get it. So you guys are going to be the focus group. I'm going to talk about the show. Here's the thing. I want it to be interesting for the people who, um, didn't watch it, uh, and didn't listen to the podcast. So let's start with an easy one, uh, for the focus groups participants, which is who was more correct about everything? Like whose takes on the show did you agree with more Sarah Longwell's or Ben Wittes's? Richard, we'll start with you. Um, th- can I phone the audience for the wisdom of Solomon on this? <laughs> um, oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to agree with Ben. Uh, or I'm going to side with Ben on this one. Yeah, so and this, this is fine. I love this answer. Life. So what what in particular um, <laughs> did I get right that Sarah got wrong? Let's dwell on this point. Well, I well, so, so you both of both of you got a lot of things right and a lot of things wrong. And oops, okay, just a second. Uh, and the one thing that uh, I I think in general, Ben, you. I think you pegged the major characters well. I, I thought that as who was evil and who was the most evil, uh, you know, and just various things about their their characters. I I thought though that with the subordinate characters, um, I thought that uh, Sarah got a lot of the you know, I found her, Sarah, uh, I found you to be more sympathetic to a lot of the. to some of the subordinate characters, and I'm thinking about people like. Um, I, I guess you would consider Antoine some, some sort of subordinate because it came in later into this. Um, and so I, I found myself, but uh, on the main characters, I thought uh, I, I definitely was with Ben on Lucienne. Um, and that's the one that really stuck out, <laughs> stuck out for me. I just. Um, I am I positively soft on Lucienne compared to Ave, I just want to say. <laughs> You know, I, I, I have to say that I, you know, I, I agreed that um, I, I don't think it was a good character. Um, and I just, I, I, um, it was, it was almost a cringe. She was almost a cringeworthy character as far as I was concerned. And I just thought there were elements of that whole, the, especially the Kurt storyline was just, uh, just, it was cringeworthy. Okay, well, since this is a focus group, I'm not able to argue with you. I just have to accept your answers. So I will, I'll take that and I will uh, move on uh, to, you guys didn't put your names in here. So um, good boy, Noah, I think is the, what, what, go ahead. You, same question to you. Who did you just like sort of, whose takes did you, did you gel with more? You can call Maggie. me Maggie. Great. Um, I, I think it was a split. It depends on who was talking about what. I definitely agreed with Ben about Lucienne. A lot of your takes were spot on, but I think what helped me put things into focus was Ben's explanation of the history behind things. I might've felt one way about something and maybe agreed with one of you or 
both of you, but then when he gave the history behind it, it just felt more, more real or more, more realistic. Yes, I, I think that is an excellent position to have. I don't, t t but I also, the reason I wanted to do it with Ben, I got a lot more out of it because Ben knew so much about the history um, and came often prepared with text uh, to explain things that I had not thought about. It wasn't until the end that I got myself together to even Google some things to offer that kind of perspective. I was mostly there for, for plot points. Um, okay, so Ducks with Pants, my antagonist. What about you? I didn't do that did to him. I didn't do that to him. I made Ducks with Pants yeah, yeah, disappear but... because the mute, unmute button is right next to the vanish in a puff of smoke <laughs> button. So uh, sometimes you, and it couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. So, you know, I think we'll take a for instance here because I think really uh, the, um, what you got from the disagreements that you had was insights into your own characters. So the last point of contention I remember most vividly was the discussion of who was the worst person in Villeneuve and whether or not it was Janine or Hortense. And what I think it came down to was whether you have more of a distaste for lawful evil versus chaotic evil. And uh, clearly Sarah does not side with the lawful evil and finds you know, Janine more distasteful being in a, a position of power as the lawful evil end up. Whereas Ben fell into the camp of being against chaotic evil, which uh, Hortense definitely became by the end. Um, whether she was more neutral evil to start with and then gradually became more chaotic is a point, a of, point discussion. of discussion. So, I tend to agree more with Ben on this, just from the standpoint of that Hortense would be the harder person to deal with overall um, in terms of if she was a factor in one's life, you wouldn't be able to figure out how to deal with her because she's they are very unpredictable. But I, I can understand Sarah's point of view. Um, so I guess in general, um, I felt like your takes complemented each other. Um, I, I don't know if there is another, for instance, we can look at, though I think um, I appreciated Ben's point of view more. more. Yes, uh, agreed. Uh, okay, you, uh, friend that we did not get introduced to. Uh... I'm Ev, sorry. Um, yeah, so... And Ev's voice, uh, Sarah, you have heard before because when... Uh, we were having trouble figuring out how to pronounce De Cavern. Uh, I uh, texted Eve, and Eve sent pronunciations, uh, and we ran them on the show. Yeah, um, with respect to the question that you posed. Um, so yeah, uh, on the debate, Lucien versus Hortense, I was clearly on your side, Sarah. Uh, I think that... Um... Whoa! <laughs> but... Course on the Lucien question. I'm very pro Ben and like probably even more against Lucien than he was. Uh, so, yeah, that's basically my, my answer to this question. Okay, great, great guys. All right, um, so let me let's do a different question. Uh, how, 
Who was your favorite character on the show? Who are the best characters? Richard, go ahead. Lightning round. You're muted. Oh, I'm not muted anymore. Okay, good. Um, well, I, I suspect my two best char favorite characters as, as a character, um, not as someone I'm sympathetic to at all, would be uh, Mueller. Uh, I thought it was just, you know, outstanding. And I, I thought um, uh, I thought Marguerite was actually an excellent character, one of the, um, and, you know, it's just, I, it's almost too bad that she was only on one season of it. Um, and uh, then um, I, I, I guess those would be, those might be at the, at the top, but I, well, Daniel Larche, I guess I would put him up there. Uh, you know, I, I thought that I, I thought that he was really well drawn as a character, and the the conflicts, internal conflicts, and just his blind spots and everything. And I, I, I thought that was really well done, and I thought he, I thought it was acted well too. Okay, great. Uh, let's see, Maggie, favorite characters? Probably Marketty because he'd have me so confused. One minute, I'd think he was great, kind, generous, and the next, I'd be throwing stuff at the TV, wondering about him. Um, and it, in terms of an actor, Richard Grinnell, I just, he, he was amazing. But in terms of a character that confused me and I needed to watch closely and try to figure out, it was definitely Markety. Great answer. What about you, Ducks? So um, I would say that Muller was definitely one of the more compelling characters to watch. And then I will also uh, satisfy Sarah by saying Marie was also a very interesting. I can't character. believe Marie's not coming up more, but so thank you for that. It's great. Uh, Ev, what about you? Um, I think that I will go with a character that we've not seen so much, uh, but I think that I really liked uh, Elaine, the, the little girl, the, the Gustav friend. And um, I also quite like um, Antoine, which more compass was pretty good. Uh, so yeah, I'd go with Hélène and Antoine. Yeah, why, why was Ben Wittes so wrong about Antoine? Where did that come from, do we think? I still don't like <laughs> Antoine. Um, but I am adding Lucien uh, and Berrio here uh, just to the poll just for uh, completeness sake. Uh, uh, oh, I suppose we should add, you know, Marcel, Hortense. Nobody, what about Suzanne? Suzanne, Suzanne is, awesome. is awesome. Um, uh, and um, Schwartz. We gotta add a bunch of. All right. Well, while you're doing that, okay, this. quick. Next question. Um, got to move on these things. Got to move. Got a lot to get through. Uh, okay. Uh, Daniel Larche, good or bad? Go. Richard. Ev, get us started on this one. No, let's do this All one right. in reverse Great. order. He's basically a good guy. Um, and actually, at the end, when he was in the the bar with the Quiero and um, Gustav. And he was saying something like, well, we, we knew, but not really. I'm not, he, he didn't knew that all that much. And he was harsh on himself. Uh, 
he was really trying to do the best possible and in a very narrow and like myopic way but uh i i'm not sure i would have done better so i'm not I just want to point out, guys, the SS guy is winning the poll right now. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what that says about the audience here, but uh, we've got, in a popularity contest, no less, the SS man out in front. Ducks? What kind of shop are you running here, Ben? I know. It's, you know, you try to teach him about democracy, and over time it all migrates. Proof, proof we're, we're Weimar America. Um, yeah. We are just channeling our inner Hortenses. Yes, um, we're, we're all Hortense at the end of the day. I, I think Daniel Larche is uh, some, basically a good person who tries to do his best. I think, you know, his, if it, he, I think, had the opportunity at the beginning to get out of the situation and just say, I will just be the doctor in Villeneuve during the occupation and abdicate the mayoral duties. But um, he decided to stick with it and make the best of the situation that he could. And um, after that, you know, he sort of went, had to go down that path until eventually, you know, doing his best under the circumstances he was in. And I agree with Ev. I don't know if I could have done better. Mm, okay. What about you, Maggie? I think that he... He was basically good with it being a doctor, do no harm, but put in the situation he was in, he did the best he could do given the situation. If he went on, sorry, my dog, that's good boy, Noah. Um, I think that given the situation, that's what brought him into some difficulties, you know. Okay. What about you, Richard? Uh, I, I think he was good, but it, but in a really disturbing way, because I, I think he was such a sympathetic character that uh, when he was making this making the list with um, Servier, I, you know, that, that's just such a, a horrible lapse. And I look at that and I think, you know, what would I have done if I were in that situation? Would I really have had the courage to uh, stand, you know, and I don't know what I would have done. Uh, it, you know, just when the, you know, I hope I'm never in that kind of situation. So I, I think generally he, he was good. His motives were, uh, his motives were, you know, generally pretty good throughout. And uh, uh, yeah. You know, I can't remember which philosopher it is, uh, but, but is it Sartre? So is it, what if everybody in the world acted the way that person did? Right. Like it, when you're trying to evaluate whether or not something is morally good or bad, um, you know, if everybody did it, what kind of world would we live in? Uh, and I guess when it comes to Daniel, if you just said that broadly, you would be like, that would be a good place, a world full of Daniels. But a world run by Nazis. If everybody's a Daniel, the Nazis win. Uh, which is why uh, he is a good, he's one of the best characters on the show because he's never behaving badly or in a way that's flagrantly immoral or hostile or bad. And so we can all understand him and like him. And yet he bears, he has, he is complicit, right? He does not present friction. 
Go ahead, Ben, what are you saying? You're muted. Let's ask the same question, but about Marcel Larcher. Yeah. I mean, he's a totalitarian huh, Stalinist. Thank you. He's, uh, uh, and yet he is uh, heroic in the context of this battle in a way that his brother, the good person, cannot be. Uh, Richard, what does your Bruckner-loving soul have to say about that? Unmuted, though. Okay, I, I guess I'm really of two minds about Marcel. On on the one hand, um, you know his his tunnel tunnel vision, his commitment to the ideology, um, could appear so thorough at times and so chilling. Uh, you know, so he abandons uh, Gustav. You have the um, uh, and uh, you know he's just he's focused on that. Um, and you know that that was a real turnoff, but he wasn't as he wasn't as focused on it as Edmund, and the fact that he would he would um, you know that he wouldn't shoot Suzanne, that he you know he had some humanity. I thought that was good. I, I think that generally he's a good person too, but he's very as we saw with a lot of the flashbacks, he's a very damaged person in a way that um, in a way that uh, Danielle was not. Ducks. Anybody, yeah, anybody else have stuff on Marcel? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Marcel's intentions are um, good, but they're based on a flawed ideology that, you know, you have, I just remember those scenes where Gustav is reading through his diary and you have the voiceover and it just sounds like such shallow nonsense and not particularly deep or well thought through and so he's committed to something that um i don't think he's put in a lot of intellectual rigor into himself he's it's very idealistic but um it's just seems incredibly impractical and it does lead him to do a lot of things like abandon gustav that um don't seem particularly forgivable i think too that he Marcel was just so blinded that when, and I go back to the scene in the pharmacy where the officer gets shot, he almost seemed shocked. Like, what did you do that for? It's like, I did it for the cause, the cause that you preach about all the time. That seemed to sort of throw him a little bit. Whereas, you know, he just was very steadfast in his beliefs as opposed to his brother who was willing to waver to go along with the situation, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Ev, what about you? Um, I've never been so... I, I've always liked uh, Marcel uh, more than all of you guys, I think. Um, maybe that's it's the fact that I'm not um, American, so communists are not as a problem in my mind than in yours. Um, and I've... Um, all of you seem to believe that he acted in a horrendous way towards uh, Gustav, and I'm not sure. He really wanted a better future for his kid. And the reason why he acted like this, abandoning him, maybe was just for for his son to live in a better world. So um, this, I am not as um, severe towards Marcel than you might be. Um, 
However, in a world, if in a world full of Daniel, Daniel Larcher, uh, we end up like co all collaborating in more modern world, would, uh, if we were all Anselm or all Marcel, we would kill each other in the streets and it's not viable. Uh, so to use this rule of all men acting in a certain way uh, is very contextual and this, the, deciding if someone is good or not based on this rule uh, might end up we might end up having different responses following the era we're in so they were good people for uh, 1944 when you had to kill people but today if you had to kill people who are killing other people mm, not good You're muted, Ben. Still muted, man. So I want to push on this with both of them, because it seems to me that, um, uh, you know, the show seems to be describing and the treatment of Edmund at the end, where he is really revealed not as an idealist, but as a Stalinist apparatchik. Um, uh, and Gustave is shown kind of being pretty tolerant of that, whereas Suzanne walks away and, you know, goes on to uh, be a kind of socialist deputy or whatever she ends up being. Um, uh, it seems to me the show is drawing a is pretty sharply critiquing Marcel there that, you know, that in this moment, his world is divided into three worlds, right? Edmund, who is Stalin, Max, who's a traumatized guy who can't leave, and Suzanne, who walks away. And it seems to me the implication is that Marcel would not be one of the people who walks away, um, as evidenced by the fact that his son in the 70s is still walking down the street singing Stalinist tunes. Uh, Richard, what do you think the show's judgment of Marcel is? It seems to me it's saying heroic in the, in the moment of 1944, but faced with the Stalinist camps uh, and the mass murder in the Soviet Union would have found a way to excuse it. It's a good question. I, I, I think they, yeah, they do portray him as dying heroically, which I think is, um, you know, I, 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 something I certainly, if I were writing it, I think that's the way I would put it. Um, I do think the thing that offsets that, and you, you had mentioned it on the podcast as well, is the, uh, the fellow who comes back from um, his time in the Soviet Union and he sees the horrors of Stalinism and... Um, yeah, that's Max. Yeah, okay, that's Max. All right. And, um, and, and uh, you know, I was actually kind of surprised that they that they brought that up that they that they injected that into it um and i was i guess i sh probably shouldn't have been surprised but i was a, i was i was surprised that um 
that Edmund would keep going. I just, uh, I, 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 at the end of the day, I really see Marcel as between those two. I don't know where they would have gone. I think in the post-war situation, Gustav is so, um, you know, his, his world's already, you know, it's been wrecked for a while. And I, I just, um, I, I just feel, you know, pity and sympathy for him when he grows, uh, you know, as he gets older and he, you know, is continuing to sing those Stalinist uh, tunes. Other thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I'm with, uh, I'm totally with Richard on that. I don't think uh, using how Gustav act as a proxy to know how Marcel would have act is a good way to do it. Gustav is completely broken and he's nowhere as smart as his father was. We can argue on the fact that his father was not so smart, but Gustav is a lot less. He's, uh, he's like, he's completely, completely wrecked. And one would be following the same circumstances. I mean, Marcel did have his history of defying the party leadership. And I'm not actually particularly surprised that Edmund decided to become the apparatchik because he was always the one who was like following the orders of the party. And he was the one that ordered Marcel uh, to kill Suzanne and Marcel defied that. So um, I'm not sure, like I've said, I'm not sure we can necessarily uh, so, you know, say Gustav, who becomes a sad sack of sad, stuck in his ways uh, up until, you know, the end of the show, um, is necessarily what would have been Marcel's fate. I, mean, I think that's a hard, it's hard to make that particular judgment. But do you agree with me that the the split between those three characters, Edmund, Max, and Suzanne, represents the sort of possible three sort of discrete answers to the who is oh, yeah. Marcel question, right? And and um and you know, Max at one point even says, you know, something like, I don't remember the exact line, but you know, my home is a wreck, but it's still my home. Um and this is somebody who's, you know, been in a, you know, like an NKVD concentration camp. Um, and like, I do think they're basically saying Marcel is one of these three people. You decide uh, who he ends up being. And not, and only of, of the three of them, none of them is really portrayed later, except that, you know, we know that Suzanne does something on the 1975 abortion law play, plays some role in that. And we know that Edmund uh, is a 30 year communist mayor of, of this town. I'm, I'm curious for your all sense of like, is it Marcel the, the fervent Bolshevik who comes through, or is it Marcel, the guy who's willing to defy the party on occasion, who 
would like which is the show saying he would have been i think he would have been max he was the kind of guy who would end up in a camp he would have done something kind of weird and would have ended up uh in a camp then after that how would he have reacted i don't know uh, but I'm pretty, the, the odds are good that he would have ended up in a camp. Yeah. Marcel, he would, he, he would come back if he was Max and seeing what he was seeing, he had enough humanity that he would have changed his opinion, married Suzanne, and they would have left the party together, uh, and raised Gustave. I, to I totally disagree with that. <laughs> Why can't I you think, just let me have happy endings, Ben? Why can't, no, I why think, can't life just be see, this is This is like, I think Max, uh, that, that Marcel is super lucky to have been shot when he was. <laughs> he go, Like, he totally goes out on a high note. He's a hero. And this is, you know, and um, it's the last time where the Stalinists really had a constructive role to play. And, you know, within two years of that time, they're figuring out how to, trying to figure out how to subvert democratic government in France. Uh, they're, and I don't believe he would break with the party. Uh, he might defy them on little things like whether to kill Suzanne or not, whom he happens to be in love with, or whether to distribute some leaflets, but he's not gonna defy them on the big stuff. Because at the end of the day, he's more like Edmund uh, than, uh, but he's unlike Edmund, he's lucky enough to have been shot in 43. Good boy, Noah, what do you think? Am I being too harsh on, on Marcel? I don't know. I look at Marcel and he, he's always had a, a stream of defiance in his character. And I'll go back to the scene where he's playing with the army toys that he wasn't supposed to and he was defying his father and it's like I don't care what you say I'm going to play with him anyway so I think that he just has defiance in Ain and which way he'd go I'm not yeah sure. but he lets but he lets uh uh Danielle take the beating for it true true guys okay the Larsha I think let's let's I want to ask you guys about Schwartz do we like him do we think he's good what what do people think about him? I think he's a savvy businessman. But but I, I can't agree with his choice in his first wife. True. Did did you guys like him? Did you find him to be like a compelling person to watch? Did you Ev no? Well, it's a hard question. Yes and no. Uh I for a while I thought that this was Put me in 1942, and this is the kind of person I am. And not, I don't think it is a good person to be, but he lives his own life. Uh, he doesn't really care with which group he is. He just follow his inclination. If he wants to sleep with Mary, then he's a resistant. If he wants to have money and continue to live his life with his beautiful wife, then he, he he's collaborating. And... Um, so he's not an ideologue. He's not an ideologue, um, and I don't like him. But he's an, uh, I I kind of see myself in him. 
which is that's interesting. Did you say his beautiful wife? Did you, it was did ironic. It was okay, completely great. about. It, because it was. A I mean, sarcastic. I would say a good focus group question is like most revolting sex scenes. Like, who are the worst? Uh, and I'm just gonna go ahead and answer that. And Janine and Schwartz are the most revolting sex scenes Janine in the show. Whoa, Schwartz in general. Whoever you sleep with. I'm wait. I am totally not with you on this. The the worst the bad people sex oh. is Shasanya and Janine. And then there's you know you got your Hortense and um and and Muller scenes. Not um, Lucienne and Kurt. Yeah, it's true. The there mummy, is the, the mummy, mummy scene. the mummy. Um. So I, I'm not. I, I I think we may have to put this to the poll. Sarah. That's fine, but I would just like to just put in people's heads that, and I understand that Schwartz can be compelling and is sort of handsome, even though he's like, sort of got short arms. He's like a very strange, strangely, uh, when he does that thing when he's having sex, like he sticks his tongue out first. <clears throat> like he goes, and I'm like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. I've never seen anything less sexy than the two of those people. And that includes the mummy sex. I will say that dying, the, the scene know? of Schwartz and Janine banging it on the piano literally uh, at the end uh, of season six was is sort of indelible in my mind uh, and not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can... I, I, I do want to add as I'm typing this up that the, uh, you know, that a, a, a disproportionate number of these scenes do involve Janine. Yeah, I. Um, she's an incredibly unappealing character. Okay, I have another question. The last season show better without it or better with it? Are we glad we know what happened to everybody? Jump in. I liked it. I liked it. It Leave was awful. Defend it that was, position, please. Defend it. it. It was so bad that it was good. It was like, you have so much stuff to rant about. Uh, this isn't so... Sharknado. This was like a great show that, that then just, I, okay, but sorry, you go, you go. Keep going. <laughs> well, no, my position has always been to argue again. Like, I've been laughing at this show for the old time. My fun in watching this show was laughing at Lucien. So, of course... I I like those parts where it's it makes no sense. <laughs> okay. But, and it was pretty like it was kind of cute too. Like all of these end of life moments where like they could have they like it was kind of cute too. Uh okay, anybody else? How did anybody else feel about the last season? So I went through a few blissful weeks where I was convinced that season six was the last season and we ended with Marchetti, uh, his suicide. And I didn't realize there was a season seven for some reason. Um, and I found that rather satisfying. Um, when I actually watched season seven, I will say it is, it ends up being kind of meh because there are some things that are interesting. There are some things that are just like, what, what is going on here? Why are we doing this? And, you know, how much am I going to tolerate this bad old age makeup and even worse mm -hmm. old age performances? Um, mm -hmm. I think the contrast between Lucien and Berio's performance old age wise was rather stunning. 
it almost felt like the producer said you're under contract to do one more one more season go ahead or one more program go ahead get it out of the way because some of it didn't feel real well thought out i agree on the makeup between lucienne and antoine it just wasn't good but yeah i could have done without it richard He's muted then. Can you unmute him? Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, I was glad the seventh season was there. I was not thrilled with how it, it played out. Again, I felt that there was way too much attention on Lucien. Uh, basically, a minute of attention uh, Lucien would have been way too much. Um, I th there were aspects of the whole thing with Hortense that I uh, that I found um, a, a bit hard to believe. I, I, I thought that the uh, even earlier in the show, the art ex the exhibition of all these portraits of herself, I thought that was uh, uh, kind of hard to believe that somebody would do that and actually put on something like that. But I mean, may maybe so. But the fact that it comes back later. You know, I just, I, I thought that was a bit contrived. Um, I did, um, you know, I agree with what Ben was saying in the in the podcast uh, about the, uh, that final, that reunion of, um, of uh, Takiero and uh, Gustav and uh, Daniel. I thought that was, that was very effective. I thought it was a, I thought that was a great way to tie things up. Uh, I would have liked to have seen I actually would have liked to have seen more with what played out with um, with uh, uh, Schwartz and um, and with and with Janine. Although you know, at the same time, maybe I think that there were some constants in Schwartz's character that maybe it actually didn't really matter that we saw what was going to um, that would have happened to them. Say. 10 years after the, their, you know, what would have happened to them in the 60s or the 70s? Um, so maybe that didn't matter. Um, but uh, I, I'm glad that, I'm glad the seventh season was there. I, I do think it was a weak season. Um, and I, 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 and I, I think it was actually weaker than it could Yeah, have so I, I will say that I will take a weak season that tells you basically everything about the characters and leaves you with something that I will like a Sopranos style ending where you are like forever wondering what happened to these characters. So I'll give it that. Uh, I'll just say on the Schwartz thing, I was thinking about this since the podcast because I was so annoyed that they just didn't like resolve it, except that you do know he survives, right? Because he sends that note to Daniel I do wonder if like the Schwartz storyline is sort of about not being able to escape your past and there being consequences, right? Like Schwartz's whole thing was that he could just kind of bounce along and do whatever, right? And he was always a pleasure seeker at his core, even through the war. And I just like Hubert showing back up to be like, I am both going to arrest you for this murder that you were never held accountable for. And I'm going to punish you for just like sleeping with my wife in front of me and thinking you could just have this. Like, I don't know, the idea that this the past, you, he couldn't outrun his past. I guess there's just something there um, that maybe that's what they're trying to tell us. I don't know. 
which is worse, the seventh season or the season in the woods, specifically the wood stuff? Let's do a show of hands. This is how I handle these. If who thinks season seven was the worst? Actually, not me. I'm just. Who thinks the in the woods storyline was the worst? I haven't watched it, so. I hate the shit in the woods. <laughs> you know, that whole like the you got to watch the play over and over again. At least there's only six episodes of the last season. Um <laughs> You know, there's 12 episodes of that in the woods stuff. And then when you think they're killed, they come back and we have to do it again later because they're going to have a memorial to them. And it's just horrible. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. I have a question. I, I, yeah, great. I have, I have a question, people. Um, uh, who is... The audience has voted on this, but the panel has not weighed in. Who is, in fact, the worst, Janine or or Hortense? Make your case for for either. I will just point out that last I checked, Hortense is crushing it in the poll. Uh, really? Richard, get us started. Muted. Can you? Okay, there we go. Now, 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 Ben's muted. Okay, um, so I, I'm actually going to. It's it's so close, but I I think I'm going to actually come down on the side of Janine being being the worst. And I think it, um, the 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 opportunism that's there, the that um, you know the survival at any um, cost, the way uh, that she's trying to be above it all. Um, and very consciously um, doing so. And, you know, she comes from a privileged background. Um, you know, we know that from the beginning. And so the whole show, she's um, when she's not trying to get ahead, she's doing whatever she has to do to save her ass. And um, with Hortense, uh, you know, we we get some hints, uh, not a lot, but we do get hints that um, she did not come from. Um, you know, very happy circumstances, very happy childhood. And um, I think that um, uh, I, I think that that um, I, I, there's a degree that I think uh, uh, Janine is much more responsible for her bad behavior than Hortense's, uh, which isn't to say Hortense isn't um, isn't responsible. But um, but I, I just think her case is much more complicated. Good boy, Noah. Maggie, who's the worst? I tend to think that Janine is because things seem like they're of her own choosing where we don't realize it till later on in the program that Hortense just has some severe mental issues. And I guess I give her a little bit of not leeway for that, but I'm a little bit more tolerant of her because of that. Um, mm. but, yeah, all, you, all you people are soft on Hortense. E.G. Phillips, please I, tell me that you are not going to make excuses for Hortense. No, I think we, uh, I touched on it a little bit earlier, whereas, you know, Janine will, you know, 
um, screw you over at the drop of a hat and sell you out uh, oh, yeah. to her advantage. But her motivations are much more predictable and understandable. And if you were in a situation where you had to predict what she was going to do and how not to be, how, how best not to cross her, her motivations are pretty transparent unless you are, you know, captured by the Americans and she has the opportunity to sell you out in order to save her skin. Um, it's a little more straightforward. You could probably argue that, you know, being in league with Shashanye, um, she is able to do much more damage, but Hortense sort of just does stuff and she, you know, she creates chaos and just expects you to deal. Um, and so it's much harder to get a beat on what would be the best uh, course of action in terms of dealing with her. She just sort of like, I'm going to steal a baby and you're going to help me with it. Or you're just going to deal with the fact that I stole a baby. Um, and, it, you know, and it just sort of goes on like that. And eventually she um, becomes much more vindictive with it, with, you know, not as a it starts out just being sort of careless. I'm going to do what I want. And then later on in her life, uh, she's deliberately tweaking people by saying, uh, trolling basically by saying, I'm going to hang this uh, picture of Moeller in the gallery. And you, you know, you people are just going to have to suffer with what the result of it is. Cause that's what I want. I know that annoys you. So, um, and, but you know, ultimately, they're they're both versions of bad. I think it's just what your level of tolerance is for chaos versus somebody who is doing things in a very um, uh, determined way. Ev, um, I will go for Janine, which would be the worst. Um, and first thing first, she is, is the only character in this show who truly is anti-Semitic. She's the only one who voices, like, who voices. The Servier does too. Yeah? Um, yeah, and Hortense uh, actually uh, uh, complains to Larche that he's being too tough on Muller. Uh, and that he used to think there were too many Jews in the medical profession. Uh, and so she's not the only one. She's the, she's the most committed, other than Shasanya, um, the most committed to it in a, in a particular moment and the most vocal in directing it to individuals. But there's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of characters. They show lots of different characters um, uh, doing varying degrees of things, and Servier is is quite a vicious anti-Semite, actually. Sort of. I, I, a... I don't know. I, I think Eve Eve has a point here. I mean, Servier is like he 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 likes his French Jews. I mean, you know, he will he has a he has like a, a list. No, right? he doesn't. He doesn't want them. He doesn't want to despoil French honor by mistreating French Jews, but he is vicious about the foreign Jews in a way that he is not vicious about foreign non-Jews. Although he is willing to uh, get rid of Servier, uh, of, of Tequero's dad to a con... Um, although that's Marquetti, not not him. And another point, like, 
granted, Ben, you at this point, she's not the only anti-Semitic person. But, but she's a vicious anti-Semite. Absolutely. And um, you, in the podcast, when you discuss this, you like think about it uh, on the consequences of it. Like, oh yeah, she she Hortense has made his brother-in-law killed. Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, but there's many instances where Janine could have made Sarah kill. Uh, could have like, of course, it ended up that the consequences of her acts weren't as bad as those of um, Hortense. But if you judge the own the the, 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 the thing that she have done. They're more or less equal in the, the, the evilness of what they have done. And uh, Hortense has some moments where she's, she tries to save um, Sarah in something could, that could be seen as a benevolent act, even though it served her in a certain way. Um, and she's vulnerable. Janine is not vulnerable, and clearly we see it at the end of the show. She's mentally... Uh, she has mental pro- problem, mental health problem. But all along the show, she is like in love with um, Mother in a way that she's she doesn't have agency. So she's not as agentive than uh, Janine, who really takes her own decision. I am going to step out of the role of focus group moderator and say here that there are a gazillion French women in that period with mental health problems who did not 30 years after the war want to hang a portrait of an SS guy in a town that he terrorized. Um, And there is a name for the Hortenses of the world in 1975, and it is neo-Nazi. Um, and um, I think that there's a, the fact that 30 years later, looking back on the time Janine wa- like wants to make money, which is what she wanted to do at the time, and she wants to be a power broker, and Hortense, reflecting on the period for a long time, wants to hang a portrait of an SS man in, um, and wants to define, she says, this portrait is my life you know, wants to define her life by the uh, portrait of the SS man. I think that really says everything you need to know about both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's just me. I'm just a, I'm just ex- a- asking questions of the focus group. Um, all right. Me? Okay. Take Yarrow. Better off with Hortense and Daniel? Or should he have gone with the nuns? Ooh. <laughs> Richard. Um, well, I mean, the way he turns out, you know, he turns out okay um, as a good, uh, you know, he has a, um, you know, it seems like morally he has a decent upbringing. He has this, you know, this, uh, he finds when he learns that um, of Daniel's behavior that, uh, he finds it repellent. Um, you know, I, I and I, I don't. I guess I don't know what life would have been like for him if he had, you know, if he had been raised by the nuns, uh, or you know, how long he would have stayed with the nuns and been, um, you know, farmed out to another, another family or something like that. But um, 
uh, I, I think he he got by okay in the Larche household. He was probably glad to get out of there when he obtained his majority. Anybody else have strong opinions? I was um, raised Catholic and educated by nuns, and I think he was better off in the Larche household. <laughs> well, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I mean, I think technically speaking, he wasn't really raised by Daniel and Hortense because at a certain point he got shipped off to some other relative. Who as... was raising Tequiero? Who? Who were the people? It became very ambiguous at a certain point after, uh, uh, I think as, as they disappeared him. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I think he. I think we can say safely that Tequiero was better off with the aunt. All right. Uh, before Ev gives her view of this, I just want to say this is your last chance to weigh in on any of the polls. And we're going to do the poll results before we close out the focus group. So, Ev, your thoughts on Tequero? Um, and everybody, please uh, pay attention. These polls are important. They're going to guide policymaking in Villeneuve for years <laughs> to come. I think he was better off with the Larches. Or the the aunt, for that matter. Uh, but I'm, yeah. Yeah, um, I gotta say, the portrait of institutional performance for the uh, uh, insane and mentally ill in this, it does not give you a lot of confidence as to how people would have handled uh, the institutions for uh, orphans. Okay, let's go over the poll so uh, the panel agreed with me more than, than with Sarah. Uh, the audience uh, agreed with Sarah more than me by uh, a full 10%, but uh, by 70% vote said about the same. So I think uh, you got to give a point to Sarah there. Favorite character on the show, uh, Marie uh, triumphs with uh, 11, 40%, but Muller and Hélène, uh, that's a, you know, a weird combo, uh, tie for second at uh, 21%. Uh, so Hélène, uh, who dies in Auschwitz, uh, gets some last laugh, I guess. Um, Danielle uh, Larche, good or evil, gets 52% good, uh, and only 4% uh, evil, 44% somewhere in between. So he's he's doing okay. Marcel gets 62% good. You guys are really soft on the Stalinists. And 34% um, uh, and also uh, somewhere in between. So more good, but total uh, vote similar between good and somewhere in between. Again, only 4% evil. Hortense trounces in the who is the worst competition, 58% to 41%. That is, I just want to say, better. Uh, Janine did uh, less well than Terry McAuliffe. Um, and uh, uh, Hortense, you know, significantly outpolled, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, all right, the, mo the, the, the very close race for the most horrible sex scene in the show um, uh, goes to the mummy scene at 46%, which beats out, uh, actually pulls it out at the end because 
they were tied for a while, the Shasanya and Janine scene, um, which I got to say, I would take the mummy scene over that. It's, it's at least got some, some affection in it. Um, season seven, yes or no, it's a close race, but no pulls it out at 52%. This is very close to the Virginia results. Um, uh, so, um, and would Takero have been better off raised by the nuns? Disagree wins with 100% of the vote. 20 votes to none. Uh, Takero better off with Hortense than the nuns. I think we, we know how you all feel about the church these days. All right. We are going to leave it there. Sarah Longwell, you're a great American. Richard Wattenbarger, Maggie, Ducks with Pants, Eve Goumont, you are all terrific citizens of Villeneuve. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, not tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Uh, and I have no idea who the guest is going to be. Uh, actually, I do know who the guest is going to be. It's going to be Steve Sloman. Um, and... Uh, um, that'll be 22 hours and 59 minutes from now. And until then, Sarah Longwell. We don't have fun anymore, but we do have in lieu of fun. Is that the saying? What do you say? Uh, we do have, you're supposed to say something relevant to the show. Like we do have focus groups from towns with, you know, fictitious towns with people who don't actually live there or something like but that. But we did have... 76 episodes of the French Village. We did. And uh, we survived it. And we didn't 